Today, my friends, we are going to be delving into an event that literally shook the planet. I'm not talking about the meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs. All that time I finally stood up and my chunky ass jiggled. No, no, no. Today, we are discussing a volcanic eruption that changed the world called Krakatoa. But before we get into all that delicious destruction talk, I want to quickly mention me, your friend, the person who cares deeply about you and provides you with facts to expand your mind and make you the coolest person out of anyone you know. If you want to support me in that quest, may I suggest following me on social media or leaving a review on your favorite podcatcher. It helps a lot, but no pressure, you don't have to. I'm going to be doing this anyways, but if you do want to do any of that, the links are in the show notes. Thank you, friend. Let us begin our story of Krakatoa. Krakatoa was an island, but is now a caldera, which is the name of a crater created by an exploding volcano, in the Sunda Strait, which is located between the much, much larger islands of Java. Quick tangent fact about Java. This island has grown coffee since the 1600s when the Dutch brought it over and that is why coffee is sometimes called Java still today and Sumatra of Indonesia. There were earlier mentions of an island with a pointed mountain However, the first documented time the pre-exploded island was referenced in the Western world was in 1611. A Dutch cartographer named Lucas Jansoon Wagenier. I apologize for butchering some words in this, uh, but yes, he called it Pulu Kakata. Pulu means island in Sundanese, and Kalkata is just a name. The first time this island was called Krakatoa was soon after in 1651 by another Dutchman, Wouter Schuten, who called it the high tree-covered island of Krakatoa in October of that year. Strangely enough, we aren't sure what the word Krakatoa means, or if it means anything at all. There are a couple of theories. One is it could be named after cockatoos, or kakatoos in Indonesian, which inhabit nearby islands. There is some potential there. There is also another story about some ship's captain asking a local of the island what the name of it was. The resident replies, Kagatoa, which is Jakarta slang that means I don't know. The silly captain hears that as Krakatoa and it sticks after that. But this probably isn't how it happened, as there is a fair bit of stories eerily similar to this one. For example, that is the exact same story of how the name Kangaroo came about. It just seems like someone was having fun making up a tale to tell their friends. The most plausible explanation is the word rakata, meaning crab in an old Javan language. However, this is one of those things we probably never will know the answer to, unfortunately. One of the great mysteries of life. I bet by now you are dying for the story of the explosion, so that's what we'll talk about now. Our tale begins a few years before the explosion in 1883, which, to be honest, is not that long ago. That's like, what? three or four generations back now, that is nothing. I mean, there is no one alive today that experienced it, but that doesn't mean it was a super long time ago. It just makes you wonder when the next time something like this is going to happen, you know? Life is pretty dang sweet, so if you can help it, don't waste a second of this gift we have. Anyways, seismic activity around the island was intense in the years leading up to the earth-shaking event. 
Starting on May 20th of 1883, our friendly volcano started to wake up and it had a series of mini eruptions. It released huge plumes of steam and ash non-stop until the big eruption. These mini banks were trivial in comparison to what was about to come though. All hell broke loose on the 27th of August 1883. There was a series of four immense eruptions over a 21 hour period, the most violent of which was the third explosion. These eruptions were so powerful they could be heard in Perth, Australia, located 3,110 kilometers or 1,930 miles away from Krakatoa and also on the island known as Rodriguez near Mauritius, which was even further away than Perth at 4,800 kilometers or roughly 3,000 miles. Let's put this into some perspective, shall we? The circumference of the Earth at the equator is about 40,075 kilometers or 24,901 miles, meaning the sound of this volcano could be heard by things within about 10% of the whole planet. And I know 10% doesn't sound like a lot, but when you are talking about something the size of Earth, that is impressive. The eruption is registered as a 6 on the Volcanic Explosivity Index. This is a scale to try and measure how explosive the explosion of a volcano is. It is between 0 and 8, and each number is 10 times stronger than the previous one. So to get a 6, it means this thing was pretty fucking intense. There also just happened to be a level 7 on the scale just 68 years prior in 1815, also on Indonesia. Yeah, it was a bad century for that area of the planet. This explosion is estimated to be between 4 to 10 times stronger than Krakatoa. Let's do that put into perspective thing again, shall we? The explosion of Krakatoa is thought to have been as powerful as 200 megatons of TNT, which means it was 10,000 times more intense than the Hiroshima bomb. Lots of big booms here. So why aren't I talking about this one instead? Well, because honestly, I didn't know about it till I started writing the script, and also because it didn't seem as cool as Krakatoa. I will tell you why. I have a sick mind. That will become apparent very soon. This bigger explosion occurred on Mount Tambora in Indonesia, and although it is the largest eruption in recorded human history, it happened in relative isolation compared to Krakatoa at least. Its death toll sits at around 71,000, but nearly all of these deaths were caused by starvation or suffocation due to the smoke it emitted into the atmosphere after the fact. That's no fun. Slow deaths like that are boring. I told you, I am sadistic. Mount Tambora is located pretty far inland, and the island it's on is pretty far from the others. It did create tsunamis, but they were only 3 to 4 meters tall. Devastating, yes, but also tiny in comparison to the waves of Krakatoa's. Its death toll is about half that of Tambora's, sitting at around 36,000. However, while few of these were due to the actual eruption itself, meaning the lava, the tsunamis that followed killed tens of thousands of people. These were big boy tsunamis. Reports say they were up to 37 meters or 120 foot high walls of water that crashed down and obliterated over 165 coastal villages on Java and Sumatra. 
The tsunami even threw a big steamship called Beru, which just happens to mean regret in Dutch. Oh, the irony. Nearly a mile inland on Sumatra. To really show the devastation of these waves, human bodies were washed up on the east coast of Africa, about 9,500 kilometers away from the incident, up to a year after the eruption. This is why I wanted to do an episode on Krakatoa. Morbid stuff like that. Although, I do want to go over a few exceptionally cool things about the Mount Tambora eruption. I literally mean cool too, because it emitted 10 to 120 million tons of sulfur into the atmosphere, changing global temperatures. 1816 became known as the year without a summer, as temperatures decreased 0.4 to 0.7 degrees Celsius or 0.7 to 1.3 degrees Fahrenheit. It lowered temperatures significantly enough to cause mass famine all the way over an island where it rained eight weeks straight, ruining crops, and it had similar effects on the other side of the world in America too. The following is the fun fact I really wanted to get to. Due to these, let's say, not-so-favorable conditions, a couple of friends decided to take a little holiday. Well, more like shelter away at Lake Geneva, Switzerland, practically halfway around the world from Mount Tambora. This group of friends included Lord Byron, John Polidori, Percy Shelley, and his soon-to-be wife, Mary Wollstonecraft. If those names don't sound familiar, they soon will be. Lord Byron helped bring forward the Romantic movement in literature with his poems. However, during this time, he must have been feeling edgy because he wrote a poem called Darkness about when the sun set and didn't return, which was 100% influenced by the fact that the sky was covered in volcanic ash. But he then challenged his contemporaries to write their own Maccabeus stories. This made John Polidori write Vampire, which is a story that turned vampires to what they are today. <coughs> Edward Collins. <coughs> Mary Shelley wrote a little known book. You probably haven't heard of it. It's called Frankenstein. All three of these works greatly influencing fiction and storytelling even to this day. What I am saying is a volcanic eruption basically created the modern horror genre. How fucking cool is that? The Krakatoa eruption didn't do any of that unfortunately, but it was still cool. I haven't even finished talking about its eruption yet. By this time, humans had created the barograph, which is the instrument we use to measure the pressure of the atmosphere and to detect changes in that pressure. Normally for weather-related instances, but this time it was a massive volcanic eruption. The pressure waves from Krakatoa were detected on barographs around the world, which is incredible, and you know what they found? The waves traveled the whole globe, not once, but three and a half times before it finally dissipated. Just try to comprehend how powerful that is. It created a shock wave that went around the entire planet three and a half times. Amazing. Before 1883, the island of Krakatoa was nine kilometers long by five kilometers wide. After the catastrophe, two thirds of the whole island sunk or exploded away, leaving it a shell of its former self. You might think this means it spewed out all of its material and it's taping a long deserved nap now, but nope, Krakatoa isn't dormant. Far from it. In December of 1927, 
45 years after it sank, seismic activity was reported in the area. Then an underwater lava dome appeared, and a few days later, that dome turned into a brand new island. It was spewing pumice, a type of volcanic rock and ash, but it eroded away as it wasn't producing new material fast enough to beat the strong waves. But our new friend didn't give up. Two more baby islands grew and were subsequently washed away by the unforgiving sea until the fourth island appeared. This one was, and still is, spewing out material faster than Poseidon himself can send waves at it. It first appeared in 1930, and it has been growing ever since. Our little island friend is called Anak Krakatoa, which translates to Son of Krakatoa. And let me tell you, the apple did not fall far from the tree on this one. They both have the same explosive, fiery personality, that's for sure. Anak Krakatoa is one of the fastest growing islands in the world. From the 1950s, it was growing at a rapid 13 centimeters per week, which is on average 6.8 meters per year. Because of this, the island is valuable to researchers who want to understand how islands form and grow. In 2018, our young island friend decided to make its dad proud by also causing a deadly eruption. Nowhere near as powerful as its father, but it's still the most deadly eruption this century so far. In a repeat of last time, it wasn't the smoke or ash that caused the most amount of problems, but the tsunamis it followed. <laughs> Just like his father. Soon after the eruption, large portions of Anak Krakatoa fell into the ocean, causing 5 meter waves to hit the coastlines of Java and Sumatra again. These poor people can't ever catch a break. The death toll was 437, with 14,059 injured and over 40,000 people displaced due to their homes being destroyed. Also, it decided to erupt again last year, because other than COVID and those murder wasps and whatever else happened last year, this moody volcano wanted to get in on the action as well. Fuck 2020. So there you have it. I really wanted it to end on a more positive note, like the animals are returning to a beautiful island or something Disney-esque like that, and everyone was happy and they all lived happily ever after, but sometimes nature don't care. Sometimes nature's gonna do what it's gonna do, and that might be burn everything around it down, or it might be causing mountains of water to crash out villages. I think it's important to keep that in mind. It might seem like life will just go on the way it is now for years, but that isn't necessarily true. The dinosaurs didn't think they were all going to die at the same time. Mostly because they probably didn't have the brain power to think like that, but if they did, I bet on that particularly asteroidy day, they woke up to their alarm, cooked the giant dino egg omelette or however they started their mornings and they thought they were going to go about their usual business. But that didn't happen. Life is precious but it can change or end suddenly for random reasons. So with this in mind, why not be kind to each other? After all, we are just stardust that has somehow figured out how to think, currently in the form of a hairless ape that is floating around through a vast empty void on a big rock called Earth that sometimes explodes a little bit. We are all in this crazy thing called life together, so be awesome to each other. If you enjoyed this, don't forget to follow me on your favorite podcatcher and social media. The links to that are in the show notes. 
and if you really like what I'm doing, I have a Patreon, where for only 2.5 American monies a week, you can make sure I am sufficiently caffeinated to write these scripts, and you get the added bonus of listening to them a week in advance. Lucky you! Until next time, friends, love you. Ah!